Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome, everybody, to Halloween Unleashed. And this is the moment all of us as Halloween 6 fans have all been waiting for. We got through the Daniel Farren's episodes, and um, but before Daniel Farren's was even announced, I'd announced Marianne Hagen, and she got sick, deathly sick, and um, she just could not do it for quite some time. But this is this is the interview series that a lot have been waiting for and i couldn't be more excited and i'm going to be welcoming back to the show my co-host this week for the first time since we did our retrospective movie mistake series mr brandon duran the host of pod and gore how are you i'm doing good man how are you doing um i'm excited dude I, <laughs> i'm excited I'm, too thanks for having me back yeah man I, we we've we uh we obviously we talk a lot due to us both being bucks fans and then we yep. realize that we're both horror fans and both <laughs> michael myers fans and so oh, we yeah. just we have a couple different things and you know you started to go off and do your pod and gore podcast and then um i was going a different direction and then of course you know i lost my dog last summer and we just we've been trying to get back together it just hasn't the stars haven't aligned and I finally reached out and I said, dude, let's, let's get back together. And you were all about it. Tell us a little bit about how your podcast pod and gore is doing and where everybody can find you. Um, so the podcast is good. Um, we, um, you can, well, because of you, um, I, it's on anchor as well. Like that, yes. really, <laughs> that really does, make a huge difference, especially when you're first starting out, man. Anchor is just nuts getting you going. It's so um, easy. So it easy. really is. It, it, it really is. Um, so yeah, you can find us on anchor, um, anywhere you find podcasts, really. that's the, the beauty of anchor is it, it just puts it out there for you. Um, you can find us at anchor.fm slash pod and gore, I believe. And because you're on the anchor network, I can honestly say that if, for those of you out there that do not listen through the anchor app, which um, if I brought up my statistics right now for my show, um, Apple podcast is really what's crushing mine. You can find pod and gore on Apple podcast. I'm subs- I'm subscribed to it. Um, I appreciate that. No problem. And you can get it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that same things that, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to Halloween unleashed, on a podcast host of your choice, you can do the same thing with Pod and Gore, and it's definitely it's a different podcast, but it's definitely a lot of fun. And I I encourage everybody to to listen to it and give these guys a a a real chance there. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a it definitely is a little bit different. We um, every other week we will um, we'll pick a movie. Um, I'll do one next one. He'll do one or, or we'll take a listener suggestion, but it's more, we just, we'll, we'll watch a movie. We'll break it down. We'll talk about it. And I bust the hell out of Justin's balls while we do it. So I'm glad yeah, you it, said his name. Cause you said he, I was about to say pronouns, who's, who's, yeah. and Vince McMahon voice, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's uh, my co-host Justin and I, but yeah, awesome. I, I appreciate the, the little plug there, man. Yeah, no problem. And you also, you have a Facebook page too, correct? 
Yes, uh, yes, we do. You can find us on um, you can find us on Facebook at um, it's Pod and Gore Podcast, or I believe it's at Gore Pod. Uh, if you search uh, Pod and Gore, you should be able to find it. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter, also at Gore underscore Pod. Um, Twitter is not so much, man. Our our Twitter is kind of a dead zone, but Instagram yeah. and Facebook are popping. Twitter, I I. I reactivated mine for, for the podcast. Cause I used to do it for the HMMAT podcast mm-hmm. with Kevin King. And right. it's just something that I still to this day, like I like reading what other people are saying in current events or sports during game days. But oh yeah, I don't know, man. It's Twitter is so odd to me. It's a different beast, man. I, I noticed that I was walking through Safeway before getting ready for the podcast and I got a notification on my watch that you followed me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, just <laughs> happened to see that. I'm like, oh, there he is. Let me, oh, let me follow him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, be, before we jump into today's topic, I, you know, we're we're talking a lot about social media. The the Pod and Gore podcast. That's the symbol and not the A N D. Correct. It is the yeah. It is the symbol that um, I believe yeah. It's the symbol Pod and uh, the and symbol Gore. Yeah. See, I know more about your podcast than you do. I'm kidding. Yes, you do, man. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that because somebody needs to know about it. <laughs> yeah, true, man. No, I, I, I understand what what goes into how hard it is to to build that brand and to just have people take notice. So it's uh, anything I can always do to to help a friend out, and I do I consider you a friend. You know. And also, it's not a shit podcast, so it's it's <laughs> well, actually no, I, good. <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah, because I remember I was like, man, like I'm starting to get some traction. Our average listenership's going up, and then you posted your Ferris episode. I was like, that's how many total listens we have. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I appreciate the plug and any support that comes from that. Yeah, no problem. Um, but uh, as far as social media goes, for those of you that are not in our Facebook group, first of all, what's wrong with you? Um, yeah, what are you doing? You, exactly. If you search Halloween Unleashed, the podcast, it's a public group. You can find us. We pretty much accept everybody unless you're a dickhead. Uh, if you're a dickhead, you're out. So, But we, we pretty much accept everybody. Um we don't have any membership questions or anything like that. It's like we we're open, welcoming bunch. Uh, you can find my personal Instagram. My personal one is Hollywood Showstopper seventy eight. Um, I oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I visit. I dude, I visit yours all the time because whenever I'm talking to people at work about the Myers masks, I'm like, check this out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm on there all the time. Well. Um, it, it just it just got to a point where I was like, well, maybe I, I'm I'm all about this branding. I'm in marketing, and it's all mm-hmm. about the brand. And so I was like, well, let me just open up another one. And about a month ago, I opened up um, the Halloween Unleashed Instagram, where I post pictures advertising different things that we're working on and mm-hmm. doing, or episodes coming up because you know we live in a very fast moving society and there's a lot of noise. So you have to consistently be putting your stuff out there one, two, three times a day. It's, it's brutal. It really is. And it's, it's very taxing. Um, Mm -hmm. but you can find us at Halloween unleashed on Instagram. 
If you're on Twitter, we just talked about Twitter, but we are on there as well. I'm trying to get better about posting there, but you can find us at HWeen Unleashed. Um, there was already Halloween Unleashed that has nothing to do with anything podcast related uh, account that was already taken. So I was like, well, that sucks. But yeah. um, anyway, HWeen Unleashed, it's it's shorter. It's easy, It's easier to roll off the tongue. But yeah, there's that. And um, I do have to say this. I've been meaning to tell this story for several weeks now, and you're going to hear a story for the first time. So um, for those that know me pretty well or that have followed me for a while, knows that I struggle with sleep apnea. And this is not a sales commercial for anybody. No, I'm not trying to get anybody to buy a product. Uh, (laughs) We are ad free this week, actually. Um, but I, I have to use a CPAP. I have obstructive sleep apnea was diagnosed two years ago. Um, I was going to my local CPAP store supply. The, it's easy for me to say local Mm -hmm. CPAP supply store, um, to get fitted for a new mask because the other one just sucked. And so I went in, I went in for this one. It was on Valentine's day. I'll never forget it because we were, I was riding high with, you know, really getting to know Marianne and that was going well. And I was so excited. The Dan Farron's episodes were, were starting to air and people were loving that. And the numbers were just going through the roof. I decided when I was going to go out, I'm like, I'm going to go decked out in my unleashed gear today. So I threw on my unleashed, uh, ball cap that, um, trucker hat that Ryan Hogle put together for me and I'm wearing my he's coming shirt that you have one of I do um, and I I walk into the supply store and I'm filling out the paperwork and I'm walking over to sit down and you know wait my turn basically and this guy looks over and he's a listener to the show his name's Zach he looks over and he goes, is that the Halloween Unleashed podcast? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, dude, I, I'm I'm listening to the Dan Farron's episode right now. And he shows me his phone <laughs> and he's listening um. to it right there. And um, I was like, oh, OK. And he says, yeah, man, um, it's just so cool that I'm meeting somebody else that's that's that listens to the show. And I said, well, actually, I'm I'm the host of the show. And he goes, if he hadn't picked it up already by your voice, he 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 didn't. He had no clue. <laughs> oh, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm 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 Chris Morgan. And he's like, holy shit, you know. And so we sat there and we talked about the show and just talked about how long he's listened. And he, apparently, he was a listener all the way back on the HMMAT podcast. So that's super cool. It was cool, man. I was like, holy shit, you know, somebody <laughs> local listening to my show and I'm decked out in my gear. So that goes to show you, you just have no idea how far, how far you travel. I mean, if we're all the way in the fuck out in the Isle of Man, mm-hmm. why couldn't we be right here in my backyard in Orlando? You know, so. Right. It's, it was just really cool. That is super cool. Today, um, I've got to take a couple minutes before I ask you a couple questions before we get into today, to today's episode. I've got to talk about my friend Marianne. And, you know, we're going to listen to this together. 
and we're going to go through this together. We're going to break it down. Mm-hmm. But for those that are going to hear this episode, um, I got tears in my eyes of pride when I talk about her. Not that she needs to be put over. She is extremely talented. She is an amazing actress. She is an amazing performer. And this first episode is going to highlight, just like I did with Dan, going to highlight the person that I got to know on a personal level. And it's going to highlight everything that, just for Halloween fans that just admire and love Kara Strode and love everything about that character, it's one thing to love and admire a performance, a character, a person on a screen. And you hope that if by chance one day you meet that person, that they live up to the person, to the actor or the character that you've been admiring. And as we're listening to this, I want everyone to know that the person that you grew up admiring as a character pales in comparison to the person she really is. She's loving. She's beautiful, as everybody knows. She is a talent that is once in a lifetime. And all these accolades, all these things that she is, that she's done, pales in comparison to the friend and the person that she is. And I'm not kissing her ass. I really mean that. And... I want everybody to know that. And when they listen to these episodes, know that she is, this is not a show. This is, she is just as genuine as they come. And I had no idea when I sent her that message back in January, that was ever going to hear back from her, but I did. And not only did I do that, I was like, cool. I get to interview Marion Hagen. I get to talk about my, one of my favorite sequels. I get to really do this really cool deep dive and that's going to be awesome. Little did I know that I was going to become this close to her and call her one of my favorite people I have ever come in contact with. So I just had to say that before we get started. And you know, the one thing I'll say, and I've texted her this many times over the last couple of weeks, I was like, I could sit and listen to you tell stories for hours. <laughs> right? Yeah. And there was times when, you know, we spent a lot of time on the phone together, you know, and I would sit there when she's talking and wasn't even about the interview, wasn't even about the subject matter. We would just be talking as friends and she would she would start you know telling me the story and i would get real quiet and after a couple of minutes she goes are you still there i'm like yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm listening I, and i couldn't help it you know just caught and, up in just caught up in it yeah and but that's how much ad, admiration i have for her as a person not Kara Strode i mean that's a that's what drew me to her obviously but my friendship with her goes much beyond than the character I loved in this series that For pales sure. in comparison, absolutely pales in comparison. So 
do you think we should do this or I'm ready. All right. Just like um, in the Daniel Farron's series, we will be back at about the halfway point to kind of break down the first half. Brandon, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're here. Glad that I, you're back. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back. Glad that you're doing this. So without further ado, here is Marianne Hagen, part one. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Welcome, everybody, to Halloween Unleashed. My name is Chris Morgan, and this is the moment we've all been waiting for. I am with the lovely Kara Strode herself, Marion Hagen. Marion, how are you? I'm great. Hello, everybody who's listening. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. I had a date with you on a Friday night. It, it couldn't be I, better. I'm Seven- spending my Friday night with Chris Morgan, and uh, I can't think of a lovelier person to spend my Friday night with. Well, I just got to be honest with you. Seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old me is patting forty-one-year-old me right on the back and saying, "Good job." <laughs> so, just wanted to throw that out there to you. I love it. Just wanted to do a quick rundown. And uh, you were born in New York, correct? Yes, I was at St. Vincent's Hospital. Nice. And and Mount Pleasant. Do I have that correct? No, I was born actually in in Manhattan in St. Vincent's Hospital. And uh, St. Vincent's is no longer in existence. Um, uh, it's now uh, high-priced condos, believe it or not. But um, my parents were living in the Bronx and uh, very, very Catholic, and it was really important for them to have their children ra- you know, born in a Catholic hospital, also to raise them Catholic. And we'll come to that. That'll come full circle later, I think, the Catholicism, by the way. But, uh, yeah, so I was born in Manhattan um, in uh, St. Vincent's Hospital. Well, I'm, I'm also seeing that at the age of 15, you won first prize in the Citibank Essay Contest for all, all of Westchester. Tell us about that. Uh, can I correct you on something? All of Westchester and Rockland counties. Well, I'm going to have to fire the people at Wikipedia that I asked for this information. <laughs> I'm, I'm bra- I need to brag about Absolutely. something in my life, big, right? Yeah. Yes, at 15, um, there was a Citibank essay contest, uh, and it was for all of Westchester and Rockland County public school, high school students. My high school English teacher, Mrs. O'Robby, I'll never forget her, she gave us an assignment that was the topic of the essay, but she didn't tell us it was for a contest. Um, and I was a total nerd, and I did my homework, and uh, the topic was the 80s, new challenges, fresh answers. And uh, I wrote my essay, and I gave, gave it to Mrs. Arabi, and then... Uh, I don't know, a couple months later, I got this thing in the mail saying I had won. And it was a day that I was faking being sick because, by the way, even though I got straight A's in school, I hated school. So uh, I would, because I was bullied and the whole thing, I could go on the whole monologue about that, which I won't. But 
I basically, my mom and I had code, and I was just like, Mom, I'm not feeling well. And she's like, okay, you can stay home. So I was home faking being sick because I couldn't bear to go to high school where I was bullied and stuff. And the mail arrived, and it was addressed to me, and it was from Citibank, and my mom said, this is for you. And I was, like, confused because back then high school, I mean, no one gets mail anymore in general, but, um, and I opened it up and it said, congratulations, exclamation point, exclamation point. And I won $500, which by the way, back then being a 15 year old was not an insignificant amount of money. Right, right. And then, um, it ended up being published in the New York times and it was really, it was really a thrill. It was great. That is fantastic. Um, Wow, you know that's that's definitely like I said, it, you you definitely went further than what I read, and I I was quiet because I was taking it all in, and that I just want to give you some like you know nuanced little inform you know details and information. Like it was a day I'd stayed home from school, faking being sick. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you were out there uh, writing first place, place prizes, getting into the New York Times, and hell, I was faking sick so I could go to Disney World or to Universal Studios. I mean, <laughs> you definitely had your priorities better at fifteen than I did. So, hats off for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, well, you know, just have such reverence for the writer in general because. You know, as you can tell, early on, I was writing, and um, it's kind of why I just revered Daniel Ferenc's script, you know, that he wrote uh, and that I read to audition for Halloween 6. And I will tell you, if Halloween 6 had been shot page per page, exactly how Daniel Ferens wrote it, it would have been a masterpiece. Right up there with Halloween 1. For sure. And I'm not saying that because I'm besties with Daniel. I mean, you can ask it. We haven't spoken in years, but we love each other and have a respect for each other. Um, he lives in Los Angeles. I live in New York. We have lives. We, we just we don't like hang out on the phone. But it was a brilliant script. And it's why I auditioned for it and why Paul auditioned for it and why every actor in their mid-twenties, they were dying to do either the role of Kara or, or Tommy. I mean, it was everyone was fighting to get in on that audition. And that's, and that's the thing that, you know, that... And yeah, we'll definitely get there, but it, that, that's the thing that, that just, it breaks my heart. You know, I'd like to hear that because it's like you had this wonderful, you had this wonderful meal ready to be feasted on. And then someone comes up and drops a turd in the, in the punch bowl, you know, great analogy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it that way. TMI. Don't be, don't be sorry. It's, it's kind of a perfect analogy. Yeah. Well, you know, you you listen to part four today, and the one thing that still st- sits with me is you don't end a movie in a toilet, and I'm going, well, you kind of did, so it's like, right, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, moving forward, um, 
you graduated in with a political science degree, Bachelor of Arts from Duke University, cum laude. Congratulations. Thank I know that's you. a lot of work. But then yep. you decided to defer your acceptance into the Columbia School of Journalism where mm-hmm. you, you were – obviously you had a lot of talent in um, to pursue I your did. love for theater Back and acting. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what what made you change and go the theater and acting route when you had something kind of already kind of like, hey, I'm on a – certain career path that if mm-hmm. I continue that down this road, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be great at. Um, yep. What happened? Okay, so what happened was I fell head over heels in love with the theater. And even though I was taking mostly political science and English classes at Duke, you know, there was room to take an acting class or, you know, 20th century British playwrights, 20th century American playwrights, those kind of classes. And... Um, started my junior year at Duke, uh, where I, on a whim, auditioned for a play that they were doing. I saw, I was in the library, East Campus Library at Duke, and there was this thing stuck into the corkboard auditions for uh, Jean-Anouis' Ring Around the Moon. And I checked the play out, and I read it, instead of doing the work that I had to do. And I thought, oh, I could play Countess Diana. I could do that. And I don't know what possessed me to think that I could, but I just had this gut feeling. And so I, despite the fact that I was not a drama major um, or a theater arts major, I think it's called now, um, I just showed up at the audition and I got it. And I was bitten by the proverbial acting bug. But it still wasn't like anything I would consider like, oh, you could actually try to make a living doing that. I don't come from a family where anyone was ever an actor. Um, Sure, my, my dad, you know, exposed us to culture and the arts and great movies and would bring us into the city to see plays on Broadway and stuff like that. So I was exposed to um, the arts and acting and movies and theater. But it wasn't, it was, it would be crazy to think to ever pursue it. And then my senior year at Duke, I'd applied to all these journalism schools and I'd spent, but I'd spent most of the year taking acting classes and all these theater classes, and I just fell in love. So when I got my acceptances into grad school, I announced to my family, my dad and my mom, and said, you know, um, I want to pursue a career as an actress. And I've been told by my acting professors and other people that I could actually do it. Um... And, you know, the cliche, what they say about acting, if there's anything, anything in the whole world that you like doing as much as you like acting, do it. Because it's just a a very hard to impossible, quote-unquote, career. And much to my surprise, 
my parents were okay with it. The one agreement my dad made with me was, you know, you can defer Columbia Journalism School for two years. So give it two years, and if nothing happens, then you'll go to journalism school. And I said, deal. I agree. And I got really lucky, and I stress the word lucky, um, because so many people who are not talented uh, have careers. So it really, I mean, I can't say, like, oh, I was so amazing that uh, this happened and this happened. I got really lucky kind of right away. And uh, so after two years passed, I, I had an agent. I I had already you know, gotten my SAG card, which anyone out there knows, it's, you know, you have to have, a, you know, some speaking line or word in a SAG production. You get your SAG card, now it's SAG-AFTRA, um, and you're a member of the union. And, I mean, people work years to even get, the, you know, their SAG card. Um, and I got agents and auditions and all of that stuff. So I was on a roll. And so when two years passed, you know, everyone, you know, my dad was very, very supportive. Said, yeah, you know, keep keep on keeping on. Do do what you're doing. And I never looked back. No, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things in doing the research that I have done. It's like you had a very, very... Uh, interesting would be a, a almost like a an insult. It, it, you've had a very encouraging career for people out there that are looking to get into it. And they're like, man, how did she do that? Because I mean, you mm-hmm. you landed you landed a role early on, even pre Halloween. You landed you landed oh, yeah. friends. You landed friends. Oh yeah. Well, I just had a guest spot on Friends. I mean, that's you nothing. were still on Friends. <laughs> that's a big deal, you know. Um, well, which... thank you. But you, um, something that I, I'd like to share with your listeners is, I did the fourth episode of the first season of Friends, so it hasn't aired yet. They're just shooting episodes of this new comedy series focusing on these six people in their 20s trying to figure it all out in Manhattan, you know. The only person in the entire cast that was a quote-unquote name that you had ever heard of was Courtney Cox Mm -hmm. because she'd been on Family Ties. Correct. And in the Bruce Bruce Springsteen, excuse me, um, video. And... So she was sort of the quote-unquote star of what ended up being an ensemble. But nobody knew that it was going to be a hit, let alone become the phenomenon that it became. Everyone was just, you know, happy to be working, uh, getting a paycheck. And everyone was so lovely uh, everyone asked me, like, what was Jennifer Aniston like? You know, what was this person like? Couldn't have been lovelier because they were, they weren't famous yet. They were struggling actors as well. And they didn't have money, they, you know, or very little of it. And 
just working hard and nobody knew what it was going to become. So everyone was just very uh, down to earth and so nice and it was wonderful. Here's a here's a quick thing that maybe you did not know about this, but and and the listeners are probably about to. I, I hope everybody's sitting down when they're listening to this. Is Friends is the only show that had both Tommy Doyle and Kara Strode both on the show at different times, mind you. But oh, wow, did did you know that? I knew that Paul had been on the show. There um, you go. I, I know that Paul. He, I think he had a recurring role, didn't he? Yeah, he played. He played Mike, and he married Phoebe at the at the very end. So yeah, and he he was friends with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, for years before he was even on the show, but I never thought of that. That is insane. I, I love that you put that together. I told you that I was going to blow your mind with something that you probably didn't Just, know. Loaded my freaking head. I was okay. So here's here's a funny thing. I and this I'm watching Friends. Like you know, we've watched it a million times over the years, and it and so uh, <laughs> I want to say it was right around when the DVD releases were were coming out, and I'm watching season one, that episode four, your guest spot that you that you talked about, right. and I'm watching. And I said. Holy shit, that's Marianne Hagen. And wow, so, you so, recognized me. I that's did. I, I mean, obviously, I was a huge Halloween fan. So um, I had a buddy of mine look over and say, Marianne Hagen, that sounds... That, that, I, I think I might know her. I was like, yeah, Halloween 6. And they, they're like, holy shit, that's her? And then they went back and they're like, how did you pick her out? I'm like... <laughs> First of all, I have a, I have a photographic memory. It's like... I, I I scored well on tests for for, for that reason, but awesome. it also helps me like if I've if I have seen someone before, and I may not know their name, but I'm right. like I can pick out the exact thing that happened. That's how I know you. So, right. but it was one of those things where like when I pointed that out, the girl I was dating at the time actually said, "Only you would know that and be able to pick that shit out." You know, like mm-hmm. no, nobody else did. I said exactly. I said, you know, that's, but if, but I yeah, love so, that. but yeah, that's just one of the things that 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 I picked up on. And then later in the series, I'm sitting watching watching the final episode. Who would then go on to be my wife? And we're watching the final episode, and I said, I just realized something. And she said, What? And I said, Mike Hannigan, which is played by Paul Rudd. I said. Mm-hmm. Tommy Doyle and Kara Strode were both on this show at different times. Man, wow. And she looked at me and she goes, you are a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment. It was. Um, you know, it's funny because when, you know, I first met Paul when we started shooting, you know, he obviously, he sort of been privy to my quote-unquote resume. And he was very impressed that I'd been on Friends. Um, this is, you know, you know, 1994, uh, October, November, 1994, and uh, I, I was like, yeah, and um, and he was friends with Jen Aniston, and 
Jennifer Aniston. I don't know her. Um, I just worked with her once, darling, and uh, he was he was very impressed by that. And I I was like, wow, I guess this show is kind of going to be a huge hit, and it was. Yeah, I mean it it did okay, you know. I, I yeah, think. I was you know okay. Yeah, it was. And what's yeah. amazing is I have friends who have children now who have now been exposed to Friends online and watching it, binge-watching it on, like, Hulu or whatever people binge-watch Friends on. And their kids are just like, oh, my God, Marianne was on Friends. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So I have a whole new generation of fans from having, like, you know, three lines on Friends. (laughs) Well, it was a great three lines for, for sure. Um, so you are the third of four daughters. I am. And your older sister is mm-hmm. an acclaimed interior designer, Victoria, which you co- is. you co-wrote a book, or you were an author on, on the book, weren't you? No, I wrote, yeah, I wrote the text for, it was a design book, you know, I, we like to say coffee table books, mm-hmm. but um, I wrote all the text for, her first book uh, called Interior Portraits, and I can't even tell you how hard I worked to get that job. Um, me, who is like so anti-nepotism, but she offered me the job, and you know, acting is contrary to what people think. Acting is not a lucrative career unless you're enormously famous, and uh, she knew I was a a decent writer and she offered me the job and I said yes and uh, so I wrote it was about um, 15,000 words and uh, wrote the introductions to all the chapters and all the sort of you know text like beneath the photographs about what she was thinking of when she did this or that and it was um, actually incredibly challenging um, much harder than any acting role I've ever done. But uh, it's a beautiful book, and I'm actually looking at it right now because I'm sitting on my couch. Um, and it's on my coffee table. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was great. Well, as we're talking, I just wanted to let you know um, I Amazon Prime that shit. It'll be here in two days. So... You should have told me I would have sent you a copy and autographed it and You know what? I I, I wanted I, I wanted to show love and support, so No, you know I'm what? Well. That's so wonderful. I'm the same way. Like I have friends who do plays and they're like, I'm gonna try to get you a ticket and I'm like, No, no, no. I'm going to plunk down thirty five dollars and support the arts yep. and come see your play. Don't make a nuisance of yourself by asking the producer or the stage manager, like, can you get my friend a ticket for Thursday night and can it be comped? And no, let me handle this. I will, I will take care of it myself and I will support you and the arts at the same time. And that's, you know, the way I think of it. And I think, you know, what you just said is, Exactly what I would have done. <laughs> it's just 
it's just what I what I believe in, and it's uh, I don't I don't ever look for handouts from from anybody from friends or anything. If I'm ever out uh, somewhere and someone picks up a check for me, I get a little irritated because I like to I like to treat other people or I like to pay my own way. Um, Were you raised Catholic? I was not, but I was raised by my grandparents, and I have a very old school old soul vibe to me. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm the exact same way. Like I, I have a very hard time um, receiving like a lovely gesture, like someone saying, "Like no, 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 I'm getting the check," or "I already paid for it." I'm like, "Damn it! Uh, No, no, I I wanted to get the check and." Uh, we could have split it at the very least. Gosh, and all the other person wants to hear is thank you. And I just, I'm just like, oh gosh, I I wanted to get the check. I wanted to, to do that for you. Darn it. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm the exact same way. It's just, it makes me feel weird. It really does. Uh, I, I, I feel the same way. And it's only like the, it's a lovely thing, right? So it is. Why shouldn't all of us just say thank you? Thank you so much. And but for people like weirdos like you and me, it's like, God darn it! Why did I go to the bathroom at that? And they they were able to sneak in in paying the, for the check, and now I feel like a freeloader and, durr, you know. I am right there with you, one hundred percent. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're 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 interrupting this uh, amazing story that she's telling, and I'm I we will get back to, to it in just a couple of minutes. But I'm Chris Morgan, back with uh, Brandon Duran for Halloween Unleashed, Marion Hagen Part One. Brandon, I interviewed her. I mm-hmm. put I put the first half together, and yep. you're hearing it for the first time. Talk to us. Kind of, a, I'm still kind of at a loss, man, because it's exactly 100% what you said. And I'm just kind of in awe listening to her talk about it. Like you really do just get wrapped up into her telling a story. And it's not, like you said, it's not just putting her over. It's not kissing ass. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's true. It's real. Like, <laughs> you know, like you really do just get wrapped up into this, like, you're almost like a kid just sitting there listening to the story being told. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, you know, um, our bonding experience, we talk about our fathers, what they're both mm-hmm. battling and yeah. she got a little emotional. And I, at first I was going to cut that out of the podcast, but then she started talking to us, the audience. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I got to leave this in. This is who she is. This is exactly. Real. This yeah, is and- what I'm, this is where I, this is what I've gone through with my dad. She's going through it, and now she's talking directly to the listeners. I've got to leave it in. So yeah, it it, it was uh it was heavy, but it uh it definitely added that layer of um you know reality to it. You know, like yeah, she's this um you know big actress, you know, done many things and. Yeah, she, you know, goes to the same struggles and, you know, same things that we do. And yeah, it just, it, it really does kind of add this layer of personality and, you know, relatability to how she is as a person. 
Absolutely. And like I've said, you know, this first episode, it, it's to talk about the business that she grew up in, the, mm-hmm. you know, her upbringing, you know, like how she got started, what, what her interests were, you know, how responsible she was as a teenager. I mean, I, you heard me even say, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you had your shit together a lot more at 15 than I did, you know? Well, yeah, <laughs> same thing here, man. Like I had, had won that huge, um, like not realizing it at the time, but to, to write an essay and then it win, not just for her area, but what was it? Like multiple counties. And then to be featured in the uh, New York times. uh, Maybe if I would have thought that there would have been a $500 purse added to anything I ever wrote essay wise, maybe I would have tried a little bit harder. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Huge. That was huge. And how about, you know, having all this talent, knowing that she had a career basically set for herself, that if, if, yeah. she, if she was going to continue it, she's like, no, I'm passionate about the arts. I'm going to go after my passion. And she had the support of her family. And a lot mm-hmm. of us out there can't say that they've had the support of their family on their endeavors or their dreams. She That's had the support true. of her family to do it. Yeah, 100%. Because like you said, um, she did. She had everything laid out. She graduated from a really good university, then got accepted to another school for journalism to be like, you know, I just, I really want to act. And so talk about all around talent there, man. All of it. She pushed her chips into the middle of the table and said, I'm all in and wherever this goes, I'm going to be led, you know, and it paid off. It absolutely did. Like when she said, uh, graduating from Duke with the BA in political science, which is huge. Cum laude. Cum, yeah. Graduated cum laude. Absolutely. Um, I wrote down not only, you know, was she Kara Strode in Halloween, but she was also on friends before. I mean, before like friends was always good, but like, but to still be able to say that you were a part of that show in any form is huge. I'm I mean, it's glad fuck, it's fucking friends, dude. <laughs> you know, and and you heard like, me say that it's friends. Yeah. yeah like, it or, like you can hate friends all you want, but you cannot deny what it is. Sure. Sure. You know, um, and, you, you had Kara Strode and Tommy Doyle on, on that show at different yep. times, obviously, but it's like my next thing was going to be about too man (laughs) go ahead yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to jump in front no you're fine man um yeah that's insane kara and tommy both on the same show at different times i'm did you watch this new show by the way i have and i here you are calling me out um i haven't seen it but i'm behind on shows if you liked if you liked tommy doyle in part six uh the way he played Uh, that Go I, uh, are you talking about living with yourself? Isn't that yes. on Netflix? Yes. Okay. I'm going to yes. add that to my list. Watch it. You, you will thank me later. And anybody out there listening to this, you will thank me later. Um, tell me more about what you, what you took away from that first half. And then obviously we'll, we'll jump back in. Right. Um, talking about the Daniel Farron script was another thing that was really um, stood out to me. Cause as having just watched the producers cut last night, um, and honestly, I haven't watched the theatrical in so, in so long that I don't necessarily remember a whole lot of the differences. But 
Um, Shame on you. Just listening to them, listening to her talk about that script and then listening to Farron's talk about what he wrote and what was changed and all that. Like, I really wish I could have, could have saw what would have been because I mean, I love the movie as it is. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like even better. Listening to, you know, and I I say listening, I was the one holding the microphone, Um, (laughs) but talking to him, hearing that and then turning around and now what we're doing now with Marianne, Mm -hmm. you're getting two different perspectives, one from a writer, one from an actress, but you're hearing the same things. Right. And I'm just going, where in the fuck is that original draft? Because I want to read it. (laughs) Please. Oh man. Marianne, Marianne, if you're listening and you happen to stumble across it, you have my address, please mail it to me. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then let me know, like give me a clip note version. Because I, 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 if that ever came to light, I, I too would. I don't know what I would do to find, <laughs> to figure out what was written down on those pages. But good God, man, that would be amazing. Well, when you t- when she was talking about you know um, every actor in their twenties, their mid twenties, wanting to audition for these parts, right? Because of what was written in that script. That should tell you that is a complete contrast. Producer's cut, director's cut, work print, or theatrical cut. The four cuts that are out there. Right. That is a stark contrast to anything that we got to see on film. Mm-hmm. But you li- you know, you just listen to five parts of Dan Farron's. And as we go on, you're going to hear from Marianne. I'm not going to spoil it. From what I'm taking away as a fan we were we were robbed of that experience 100% and not many people that were involved can look back at the reshoots of that film or when things started to go south quick nobody can look back and say that's exactly what we signed up for it's not <laughs> And it is, it is heartbreaking to hear that because as you heard me tell her, and she said, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Turd in the punch bowl. Turd in the punch bowl. You had the, the makings of a great meal and you dropped a turd in the punch bowl. Mm-hmm. I just. It really is. It's spot on. I don't think you can really, I don't think there are many other ways to put that across <laughs> like that really just kind of hammers it hammers it yeah. right down so i mean we've 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 listened to the first 20 25 minutes you know was i lying at all or overstating how amazing she is absolutely not she is an absolute doll you yeah know? and i don't I, I don't think that you i don't i really don't think that I think I undersold it, to be honest. Yeah, I would definitely say that because honestly, listening to it, I don't think that you could really put it into words. Just being able to hear her amazing, beautiful voice. And she she was still worried that she was going to be sick. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Marianne, 
you sound amazing. Oh yeah, she did. And you, it's just like the, from the second she said hello to everybody, mm-hmm. it was like 17 year old me came back. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And it, I, I remembered just hearing that voice going, this is so surreal that this is happening. And, you know, she is without a doubt, my favorite character in the entire series. And people are like, what about Daniel Harris? What about Jamie Lee Curtis? No, Kara Strode was my girl. She (laughs) was, she was my character. And the one that I bonded to before I ever once ever knew Marianne, the person, And it was because that was the first Halloween I watched in theaters and all its faults or whatever. The Mm -hmm. one thing that you could honestly can't take away from the film is you cannot take away the actors performances. They were spot on. Yeah, they really were watching it. And I'm just watching it again last night. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, do you have anything uh, left or do you want to jump back in? No, let's get, I, I, I need more, man. Let's get back into it. You got it. We'll be back at the very end to wrap things up. Here's the second half of part one with Marion Hagen right here on Halloween Unleashed. Your, your second oldest uh, sister, Christine, is an attorney, yeah. vice president and of legal and business affairs for the Rachel Ray show. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. It's yeah. So well, she it's it's really for uh, BBS Viacom, I guess it is now. Um, but her offices are at the Rachel Ray Show, and that's primarily what she works on. And it's uh, it's like it's like my dream job. She gets to do the seven second. She has to watch every episode in case someone says a uh, a curse word. So she does. She has like the button for the seven second delay. Hey, do you think that she could do that for Halloween Unleashed? Because I can drop the F bomb <laughs> like it's going out of style if I'm if I'm on a roll. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure she'd be happy to do it. And then, uh, and then your younger sister Joanna is mm-hmm. uh, is a theater producer. And yeah, she was. Now she's like pretty much a full time mom. Really, really. Yeah. Is that, is, was, that um, is that something that is that something that she's ever talked about going back to, or do you think she's just going to live the mom life at this point? I think she'll go back to it at some point. I mean, she married uh, a man uh, who produced a play that I was in. That's how they met, and he's still um, a, a theater producer. His company, Iraq, the Araka Group, was. Uh, one of the main producers of a little show you might have heard of called Wicked. And um, so she's still surrounded by it. Um, When my brother-in-law was first starting out, um, he and his company produced a play uh, written by David Auburn, who uh, wrote this amazing play, Proof, which became a movie. And it won the Tony and uh, got tons of praise. But the first play they produced was this playwright's first play, and I was in it. And my sister Joanna, being loyal sister, came to see it five times. 
And so she met my brother-in-law, and he asked her out on a date. And I was a little bit like, hey, stop hitting on my baby sister, for goodness sakes. And, uh, but they just, you know, it was meant to be. And they have two gorgeous children, my niece and nephew. And um, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to go back to it. I think it's open. That's great. You know. Yeah. Well, moving, well, moving right along, um, as a journalist, uh, you've written pieces for the arts and culture magazines, uh, Black Book and Room 100. Yep. And Black uh, Book is now, yeah, Black Book is now solely an online magazine, like so many magazines. They had to fold as like a hard copy magazine because it's just too expensive to produce and nobody buys them. Um, Room 100 is the in-house magazine for all the Thompson hotels. Um, you know, they have hotels. I think they have one in Miami. You live in South Florida, right? I'm in Central Florida, but... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's only a three-hour drive down down to Miami. Got it. So, um, so it's like the magazine that's like sitting at the bedside table, beautifully produced, like glossy, thick paper, beautiful photography, great writing. Um, yeah, I've just done that um, as a very little side gig, you know. It, 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 writing comes very easy for me, so... I can write a little piece on somebody or some place and kind of crank it out. And uh, again, it's not a big money maker, but it's it's really just to I don't know do something and you know participate and be useful, you know that kind of thing. Um. Also doing research, uh, you had the honor of holding your grandmother's hand um, while watching your father pitch a shutout mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before the U.S. Supreme Court, yep. where the court had ruled nine to nine to zero in the client's yep. favor. That's yep. huge. Very it's proud. Huge. Very proud daughter moment at that point. I um, yeah. I I unabashedly worship my father. Um, He's struggling with Parkinson's right now, so it's, yep. um, it's really hard. Yep. We, um, For anyone out there who has a loved one with Parkinson's, I, I feel you deeply. And even if you just have a loved one who's struggling at all um, with any neurological beast of a disease, um, you know, basically, if, if Parkinson's were a horror movie character, it would be Michael Myers because it's just fucking relentless. Yeah, it really is. slow moving. And that's what makes it even harder in some ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was very young, and we all, it was my first plane ride, um, and we flew down to D.C. to see my dad argue in the Supreme Court. How crazy is that? It is. But you know what, though? The the story you just told, I want to back up there a little bit. The off-air, that's one of the that's one of the things you and I bonded over mostly yep. is 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 our dad's battling with that same same problem. And Absolutely. I, I think we spent about an hour and a half just talking about 
about that disease and you know just yep help, I think we did helping um, each other out it's um it's a real uh bonding thing because uh for some reason I mean cancer is horrible oh yeah but everybody kind of has a loved one at this point that has had cancer either you know unfortunately died of it or battled it for years and then ultimately kicked its ass but not that many people know anyone let alone have a loved one who has parkinson's and it's just it when you find someone who has any experience with it it's like oh my god oh my god you just don't you don't want to let them go you just want to like pull them at their like lapels and just say like can we talk can we talk about it like isn't it just like the worst the most horrific horrible thing and yeah we we completely bonded about it and yeah i i think that's uh one of the reasons why we've gotten so close is because like uh i feel like you're the real deal Oh, and same here. Like everything I said. I mean, for other reasons, you know, other than Parkinson's, <laughs> well, sure, obviously. Sure. But, but um, no, no, no. I, I totally feel the same way. And to be honest, like I said, I I meant every word I said on that opening of that podcast this morning. I'm Every single word. And which made me cry. I'm sorry. But it, it was It true. literally made me cry. It was, I was so caught off guard by it was not expecting it at all. And kindness is something we need so much of these days. And what you said about me, you know, I'm not saying it's true, it's your opinion, <laughs> but it was so kind, Chris, and I just want to thank you for that. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, I just, uh, it really kind of, set up my weekend in a really positive way. It, it just made me really happy. I, I can't, I can't gloss over this. I anyway, I, I mentioned friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You were also on who's the boss back in 1990. Oh, you, played, you, you really played. did a deep dive. I told you I was going to blow your mind today. I absolutely. That was one of the first jobs I got when I just, wild and crazy i i moved to los angeles i was a baby i mean i was i i left acting school for a number of reasons that are you know aren't worth going into and uh at the suggestion of my agent i went out to los angeles i knew nobody and uh you know my my agent set me up with an agency out there and it was one of the first auditions I went in on and I got it. And I was like, Oh, this is so easy <laughs> to get parts which of course I later would find out is not true. But yeah, I was on Who's the Boss. Guilty yeah. as charged. It was uh it was produced by Paul Freeman, by the way. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Oh I I for a second there I was like was? Oh I, my god. 
I warned you a couple weeks ago, at times I have a very dry sense of humor. You just have to go with it. <laughs> no, so. I'm going with it, but you, you corrected yourself so quickly, I, I couldn't even be aghast. Because well. <laughs> I, I would literally, that could have happened, because, you know, when you're an actor, you don't rub elbows with, like, the upper brass normally. You know, actors are kind of, not like really <laughs> normally respected that much and like you know if the producer says hi to you you're like oh hi hi um so so excited to be on your show you know and that's it it's just you don't know really who who's like the the big guy in charge sure well you know this is a little sidebar this is the reason i i like to correct myself pretty quickly yeah. um is because I about got my head taken off by um, my pregnant wife when she was in a position where she did not want me to have dry sense of humor. Um, <laughs> she was getting checked out in the hospital by, by the midwife, and the midwife walked in with two, uh, you know, still wet behind the ears, just doing an internship, and I'm going oh gosh, they brought them into the wrong room because I'm going to have fun with these people. And yeah. She, midwife's checking her out and all of a sudden she's like yeah can you guys go ahead and go shut off those lights and one of the one of the interns turns to me and she goes uh mr morgan i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna shut off the lights now i said okay i said please please for the love of god do not i am definitely afraid of the dark and i i will freak out i have anxiety problems and they're like <laughs> sitting there jittering back and forth not knowing what to do and my wife just looks over at me with this look like if looks could kill, I would not be talking to you right now. Was like, she in labor, by the way? No, I, it, it was with our son. Um, you know, he was eight weeks premature, and she was having okay. a lot of complications. And this was not the time to be joking. But I was nervous, and right. I'm, I'm kind of like Chandler from 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 Friends. You know, I make bad yep. jokes, and I I make jokes at the most inopportune times when I'm nervous. So. Yes, and also, you know, I was raised by, uh, you know, a, a man with the driest Irish sense of humor, where if you don't know him, you, you, you just, would, you know, many people do not get his jokes, but I do, and I always howl with laughter, but he says things like that. Yeah, and it I... Affects people who've never met him before to understand it. I mean, he can't talk much anymore because of Parkinson's, but when he could in the prime of his life, I mean, he did things like you just explained all the time and had people just speechless. And then he'd have to say, I'm kidding. I'm joking. It's yeah, fine. Ex exactly. Turn I, off I'm, the lights. I was yeah, trying same. to lighten the mood here. Yeah, same thing. It's like um, my my son's physical therapist that comes by, mm -hmm. she says every day, she says, may I please borrow, borrow your restroom? And I'm like, well, what if I, <laughs> no. I, I tell her, I'm like, well, what if I say no? <laughs> and she stops and looks at me every day. I get her every day. And amazing. I And I'm like, no, seriously, Christine, it's fine. Just go ahead. Just make sure you leave a quarter by the toilet. It's totally fine. And then she looks at me, she, and she's looking at, like, you can see her looking for a quarter, and I'm going, I'm joking. It, Kidding. Seriously. I'm yes. joking, Not sweetheart. literal. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I understand the first time if you don't get it, but like we've been doing this dance for a yeah, while now. You should for over two years. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Joking. And, well, moving forward here, um, you know, I'm going to save the. I'm, I'm not even going to bring up this little film, Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers. I'll save that for another time. When, when we were going to get around to that. <laughs> Welcome back, and we got to the end. We finally got to Halloween 6, didn't we? That we did, and I, like everybody else, have to wait <laughs> till the next episode, and God damn it, I don't want to, man. Let's, <laughs> it's like you would think, like, hey, you know, co-host and helping you out, you think it's like, oh, cool, you know, you get an inside line, you get to listen to it, no. Well, that's the one thing... Um, it was like a love hate type thing with the audience members uh, in the last series that I did. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I had, I have to do that purposely because, you know, it doesn't, it does nobody any good, you know, when you're living on the farm and you're getting all the milk for free. You got to leave them wanting more. Exactly. As and, much as I hate to say it, it's, it's the truth. And let's be honest, milk is hard to come by these days. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. You are not wrong. You got to appreciate the milk when you get it. And I'm telling you, I, I, I gave everybody part one, mm-hmm. getting to know her, the person, and building her career throughout. And you could tell by the end, like, you know, you heard that last little clip. She goes, I was wondering when we were going to get to that, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh and yeah. it was so cool the way she, she put that. And again, she's just got this energy and this, I don't know. I, I vibe so well with her and yeah. I hope that that, that came across. It, it 100% does. I wanted to give everybody just this amazing introduction to her that do not know her outside of Kara Strode. And if you don't shame on you, she's done (laughs) countless films that if you go to IMDB, go look them all up and everything I've watched her in, she's been amazing. in. whether she she does have quite the the list, I'm actually looking at it right now. She does have, have a a big list of people or uh, not people. Sorry. Big list of shit. She was on Sequest. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm like or yeah, what dude. about what about the who's the boss thing that I threw at her that she just oh, yeah. was stumped on like right. wow you knew <laughs> you really looked <laughs> right who's the boss she played Lynn in 1990 yep sure <laughs> did dude I didn't I just noticed that major dad that was a show that I watched when I was growing up too I would never have I never would have thought that so um you you got the IMDB list pulled up there's a movie um I'm searching for a copy of it, by the way. And if okay. Marianne is listening to this and has one, I want it. There's a movie she did in like 2006, 2007, something like that, it, mm-hmm. it, where she teamed up with Ellie Cornell and a couple of the people from the Halloween series. I'm like, I want to watch that. Okay. Oh, is it the Dead Calling? Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at Ellie Cornell, um, Alana Curry, Charles Cyphers. Yes. Yeah, 2006 thriller. I want to watch it. So, yeah, I I've tried to find it on uh, all the different streaming devices uh, that I'm part of. Um, mm. I'm not even going to try to deny it. I even tried to look it up on YouTube to see if somebody put it up there. I, I just really, <laughs> I just really wanted to watch it that bad. Yeah, I'm I'm reading the thing for it too, and I'm like, 
yeah, I kind of want to see this too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's hard not to gravitate towards somebody like that, you know, just this sweet, positive energy and just listening to her talk about herself, you know, starting out as it, it, it all just, it's hard to pinpoint on one thing because it's hard not to, like you said, it's not hard to get, it's hard not to get caught up and just listen to her talk. And that's, that's basically it. Just, she, you know, a sweet, positive person that is, uh, you know, easy to listen to and you, you want more. Well, we're definitely going to have more and, um, we at least have four more parts with her and (laughs) we're going to get into the meat and the potatoes that Mm -hmm. everybody wants to know about starting next week. Um, and then by the end of part five, I'm, I'm hoping I can, I, cause I'm still editing part three right now. Okay. And I'm like, I still have a, I still have plenty of meat on the bone. I'm going to try to make it to a part six, a part six, which I have no idea why I would want to have six parts, but <laughs> there's something with six in there. You know, there's mm, six. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I got... don't know what that is, but you know, it'd be, I... <laughs> it'd be cool to have six parts. That would be, yeah. If you could do that, that would be great. Six, six parts. It just feels right. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of um, at the end of her series, I mm-hmm. asked her the other day on a whim, um, cause like first and foremost, last week we did a live episode. I, I know you weren't present for it, but you know, we had a Sadly. lot of positive feedback from it. Yeah. Lots. And everybody's asking, when are we going to do another live episode? And yeah, that's a good question. well, um, don't know when exactly the date is yet. Um, it just depends on how all this really uh, plays out. Mm-hmm. But if we don't get to a part six and we only get to a part five with Marianne Hagen, I asked her the other day if she'd be willing to do a live Halloween Unleashed with me and we can talk to everybody that has bought posters that has been part of listening to her story can join us on a live episode and we can, we can chat with her and that's huge. Yeah. And she said, yeah, let's do it. It's uh-huh. totally cool. So yeah, I got to work out the dates, got to work out all this stuff. And I know when it comes to that, I will just say that she and I will have a big announcement when that happens. Oh. May nice not have all the full announcement, but at least we're going to leave you walking away with going, what do they have up their sleeve? <laughs> I can't wait to find out. You will when everybody else does, because I've learned, <laughs> I've learned, I've learned my lesson. Not Sons saying, of bitches. Yeah, I've learned my lesson. You know, you keep that stuff close to the vest. Yeah, you, you absolutely have to. But. Oh wait, it's no, good. you don't. Go ahead and let me know. <laughs> no, sure, no problem. Yeah, right. we're gonna go, we're gonna go Skype hunting. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. So I cats out of the bag. Marianne Hagen, Chris Morgan are gonna go Skype hunting, and we're gonna make a reality t- TV series of us Skype hunting. I mean, we may not catch anything, but I'd watch it. Sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're going to pitch it to the outdoor network. How could, how could they not pick that up? Yeah. I don't know, but you know, that's my dry sense of humor, which it's a good thing that she picked up on during that, uh, <laughs> which by the <laughs> way, I want to recap. Uh, sometimes I throw things out and I just don't know how they're going to come off. And she's a great sport. I, I as you can totally tell, but right. when, uh, when we're talking about who's the boss and she's totally getting, getting thrown for a loop, I'm like, all right, we got silence here. And I was like, yeah, Paul Freeman was a producer on that. Way. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I could tell just because, you know, like I, I had talked to her so much that she was like, holy shit, he was. And I don't know that. And mm. I had to just jump in real quick and correct myself. And she even said, she goes, you didn't even give it time to marinate, you know, and, or, or what, or however she put it, she goes, you just, you cut it off. She goes, I love dry sense of humor. And I warned her because this is before we got real close. It's like, I, I'm very much very dry and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to warn you of that now because I, I didn't want her to hear something say, man, this guy's an asshole. Right. (laughs) Because uh, anybody that knows me to get that has gotten a chance to know me knows that I'm not uh, no. an, an asshole. But sometimes dry sense of humor or any sense of humor whatsoever, sometimes it just doesn't come across well in text. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, text is a bitch when it comes to stuff like that, man. Yeah. Typically, if I got an issue with somebody or I'm really going to be a dick, I, I do that face-to-face or at least over the phone so there's no question if i'm gonna motherfuck you i'm gonna motherfuck you (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah so what else you got man um anything that you want to throw out there no man not really just more or less i can't wait for part two you and me both this is like i said you know this is airing on um april 3rd so it's Mm -hmm. It, it, it's just one of those things where it, it it's finally happened. And this is the, the one thing and I, I don't want to downplay and I hope this is not coming across as I'm downplaying my episodes with Dan. It's just, mm-hmm. I've known Dan for eight, nine years. I, I had heard a lot of the stories. I have a very close connection <sighs> with him. Right. This was, this was a total blessing that I never saw coming and right. No, that's insane to be able to enjoy the moment, man, because like to not have expected this at all. And then all of a sudden just you're living in that moment. That's it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And if, if you just think about this, just think about this for a moment this is probably going to sound fanboyish and that's okay. You know, um, mm. because Hey, we, we all listen to this. I I'm doing this show because I was a fan, but let me just try to paint this picture as best as I possibly can. And if it doesn't come across, well, let me know and I'll try to find a better way to describe it. Okay. But just think about this for a second. 1995 comes rolling around. Yep. No, no internet. I mean, AOL was just getting started, I guess you could say, but no real, it's not like it was today where you know everything, you know, Mm. you still had to catch trailers on the TV or if you're at the theater to know what's happening. 
Um, unless you had a magazine subscription to like Fangoria, but at 16, 17 years old, I didn't have that shit, you know? No. Uh, but unless you, you were subscribed to that and you got their issues whenever they come out once a month, once a quarter, once every bi bi monthly, whatever it was, you didn't know. And so I just happened to catch that trailer on the TV one night and there it was Halloween. The curse of Michael Myers is coming out. And then you walk in opening night with your best friend who's been on this journey with of Halloween with you. You're sitting down, not knowing what to expect. It had been six years since five had come out. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there with your best friend and then all of our friends that came to just be there with us because they heard us talk about it forever. And you're just sitting there, 17 years old, in the theaters for the first time watching a Halloween film on screen. And you gravitate to the soundtrack, to the atmosphere, to the mask to the mood, whatever you want to point to, but then you gravitate to the characters. And then there, there comes this scene that, yeah, you're like Tommy Doyle. I knew that him when he was eight years old, but then there's this new family living inside the Myers house, but they have ties to the old family that was trying to sell the Myers house in the first one, the Strodes. Mm -hmm. And you come across this, this mom, this single mom living back in her, in, in, in her parents' house with her six-year-old son. Right. And then you gravitate to that. And then not only do you gravitate to that, you start to watch that film over and over and over again. And then you're sharing it you know, with your friends and then their friends. And then you're going through and then you, then – all of a sudden, in 2008, I get an opportunity to produce the Halloween 6 mask. My favorite mask in the franchise. I get to produce it. I was excited. And then fast forward that I'm one of the most well-known people to do a Halloween 6 mask. That's huge. Then I become friends with Daniel Farrens, the writer of Halloween 6. Now I get to, I, you know, and very early on, I got to pick his brain about what, what, what was supposed to happen, all this stuff, everything that you heard in that five-part series. Then fast forward that. Years later, after everything I've been through, through this hobby, through this franchise, through everything, I listened to Kevin King and did an, a little podcast called the HMMAT podcast. Did that with him. Then ended up breaking off and doing Halloween Unleashed on my own. Year, a year after its first episode, I'm talking to who had become my favorite character in the entire series. And it just <laughs> happens to be the movie that I have idolized from all the things I had already mentioned, my favorite mask, cinematography, mood, setting, characters, all that stuff. She's agreeing to come onto my podcast. 
then saying, oh, my God, I'm going to have Marianne Hagen on my show. Mind blown. And then fast forward that a few months later to where I'm actually able to present Marianne. But not only present her, present her as my friend. Think about that for a minute. Just that that picture I just painted. Not many people, and I'm not trying to come at this from an egotistical standpoint, because I'm not. I am so humbled right now. And I can't even hardly put into words how ecstatic I am that this opportunity happened. It feels like a, it's like a once in an opportunity lifetime, dude. Like, so everything you mentioned along the lines of Halloween six, and now here you are, you're doing, you did, you got to talk with your friend, uh, Daniel, and now you're talking to your friend, Marianne, like, I, like, how could you ever expect or think that that would be in the cards and then to play those cards? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's insane. Like how I, that's huge. Like I think about some, like if I were to take something that I, I truly love and then not realizing that. And then all of a sudden it, it work its way into my life into the thing that I love doing the most, like I don't even know how I, like, I don't even know how to put that into words because it's like, it's, it's crazy. Well, crazy or not, it, it, it happened. And, and yeah, and it's just, all I can say is, is when I, when I approached her, I had nothing to lose. You know, what's the worst that she could say? No. Right. The worst that she could say is nothing, and even that's not that bad. Well, yeah, you don't, like, you don't necessarily you you message somebody like you said that you've idolized for so long, and then to get a message back, form a friendship, become close, interview her for your podcast. It's like it doesn't see. It almost seems like that. Like it doesn't seem like real life. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen for a lot of people. And so how I, could you not take it? Like that, you know what I mean? I have been waiting since January fourteenth, two thousand twenty, for someone <laughs> to pinch me and wake me up. And at this point, I realize it's not going to happen. So cool, just let me sleep, let me live yeah. in it. Yeah. And anybody tries to pull you out of it, fuck them, man. This, it's your, it's like you said. If you're asleep, let you sleep. Yeah. So I just want to end this by saying thank you to you for, for, for joining us. Unless you have anything else that you want to add. No, man. I, I mean, you already generously plugged the shit out of my podcast. <laughs> you <laughs> well <laughs> brought me, you brought me back to, you know, do this with you. I, it's, incredibly humbling to be a part of such a momentous episode um just to be able to go through it with you man it's a it's an honor well i definitely appreciate it and i definitely appreciate marianne if people haven't been able to pick up on that yet (laughs) 
Um, I, I'm not sure if I caught that or not. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Thank you to her, not just for the friendship, not just for the podcast, for sharing her life with all of us. And, um, for the posters that she signed for everybody, which people should be getting them any day now. Um, those are great posters, man. If I would have been able to snag one of those, I, 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 I regret not being able to, but there's still the, 50 yeah. left. That, oh, okay. Well, I'll try to see if I can work. Well, yeah. And I saw your post about any H sixes going out in the future comes with a poster. And I'm like, fucking God, I want that mask so bad too. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I'm dying inside for poorness. But, well, yeah, those posters are amazing. But just the fact that she's just so cool about, you yeah. know, like she, she saw that and saw that, you know, there was a lot of love out there for her and for the movie that she was part of 26, 20, oh, 25, 26 that she filmed it 25 mm-hmm. since it's come out. Um, yeah, man, it's just, just the, just the things that she's done for the fans in just a few short months mm-hmm. is, it just shows you what, what a real person she is and what a, just a beautiful soul she is. Nothing short of amazing. She's so giving. And that's the one thing that I can honestly say is I hope that as her friend, I can just give back half of just a fraction of what she's given me and, you know, and all of us and, I hope that she feels that satisfaction and everything I'm saying about her is kind of my way of giving back because it's the truth. Right. And that's what we speak on this podcast is truth and it's unleashed. And to have her part of it is something that I've already said many times. It's like if season two, is as far as we ever go. And I don't see that happening. I'm cool with that. Yeah, dude, this is, uh, if you go, if you were to go out now, you would be going out on top after the fifth episode, after the fifth episode, of course. <laughs> right No, Yeah. If you go out on episode one of this, I will not stop blowing up your phone until you find a way to send me the rest of the parts. Cause if you went out on a part one, We'd have issues. But yeah, like you're saying, this is... So it's like the pinnacle, man. Yeah. As a fan, I can die happy man. You know, and... You know, just things that are happening. Um, Man, I can sit here, I can ramble all night, but people get the point. I'm I'm humbled. I have no words, but I'm trying to find them, and that's why I'm rambling. (laughs) I, I know that feeling all too well, my man. All right, this has been Chris Morgan and Brandon Duran uh, introducing Marianne Hagen Part 1, and we will be back next week with Part 2. We really appreciate you listening. Have a great night. This is the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeenUnleashed. 
Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Halloween Unleashed. 